For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 222 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. Look at that. We're, we're in the, the triple digit, all the same digit digits. <laughs> uh, how you been, buddy? I've been good. Can't complain. It's gotten a little chilly around here these days, but that's oh, not a bad thing. Dude, it's so nice. Like, not having to run the AC, not sweating my balls off driving around for work all day. You know, we went up to the mountains last weekend, and it really? was... Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we went on our little, like, anniversary vacation. That sounds awesome. Um, And we went up to, like, the Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge area, stayed in this tiny little cabin, right? Really? Like, um... You ever watch that show, like see the shows talk about like tiny home revolution? Yes. It it was one of those. I could live in a tiny home. It I, was. I, I'm down with the tiny home. Imagine a hallway, right? Yeah. And at one end of the hallway is your living room slash kitchen. At the other end of the hallway is the bedroom. And in between there is a little offshoot for the bathroom. That was it. Mm-hmm. Had like a porch with a hot tub on it. That was nice. Wow. Um, yeah, you got to have a hot tub in the mountains. A dude, chalet in the mountains. It was so, and remember last week we were talking about it. Eric Strothers said, I'd see a bear. I ain't seen yep. one single goddamn bear, Eric Strothers. Not one bear. Check You're me. in the city. Well, no. Not, Did you make it out into the Smokies? Well, where we were staying was about 45 minutes outside of Gatlinburg. Mm-hmm. And it was the middle of nowhere. It was like a, a cabin in the middle of nowhere it was so nice we went to gatlinburg pretty much every day to do stuff and yeah check out the (coughs) aquarium and whatnot yeah oh dude i gotta tell you this story i wimped out so bad and embarrassed myself one day what um so gatlinburg the the best way i can just have you ever been up there 
Oh, it's been, yeah. I was probably 14, 15, okay. but I have been, yeah. So I've never been. Well, actually, well, like we said last week, at some point I went to Dollywood and the, the Boy Scouts, but we must not have gone to like the downtown strip in Gatlinburg because I have oh. no memory of it. Um, the way I was describing it to like uh, Keith was it's like Gulf Shores, but in the mountains instead of yes. on the ocean. It's very touristy. Yeah. It's a lots, tourist trip. Yeah. yeah, lots of attractions. Like we went to a pinball and arcade museum. It was really mm -hmm. cool. Um, Ripley's, believe it or not, had a museum there in Gatlinburg when I dude, when I was a youngster. Ripley's has a ton of shit up there now. So they have the okay. aquarium. They have the museum. This this ties into my story. They have like a place where you can go see a 5D movie. Oh, wow. What's really funny about Gatlinburg is apparently it's the battle of the dimensions because Ripley's had the 5D movie. Another place had a 6D movie. And what? then we saw this place, this uh, place in something they call the Mountain Mall. They had a 9D movie. What? So they are really breaking all fucking laws of, of space and time. Sounds like a porno. Yeah. Um, so one of the things, one of the Ripley's attractions, there's a haunted house. And, oh, really? Yeah. And like you know, a, a joke haunted house, like a jump out and scare you boo. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, uh, in a place where something really awful happened. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Like, uh, not ghost hunters. We're talking like, uh, yeah, like an attraction, an attraction. Yeah. yeah. So we decided. Ooh, ooh. Jesse really wanted to go to that. And I was like, hell yeah, we'll go to that. That sounds fun. So we go up to the little desk where you buy tickets and stuff, right? And we go up and Jesse's like, hey, is the haunted house handicap accessible? Because in all of mine and Jesse's travel so far, all the different places we've been, Gatlinburg's by far the least handicap accessible city I've mm. been in. Uh, so it was a real concern on whether it would be. And the I wonder lady, why that is. I don't know. And the lady goes, um, well, I think it is. I think there's an elevator in there, but it you need a key for it. So already I'm starting to get a little uncomfortable because it seems like it's going to be a hassle, right? Right. So she goes and finds a guy, and the guy is like uh, she's like hey they need a key for the handicap elevator in the haunted house and he looks at me and he goes are you guys sure you want to go in there okay boom Ooh. strike two starting strike to get two. starting to get anxious and getting a little panicky right <laughs> like what is this all about <clears throat> and he goes look i can get you in there i'll get you in there we'll get you around in there i just got to go find the key so now i'm starting to think like so few people in wheelchairs come to this attraction that they don't know where the key is for the handicap elevator. Right. right. And that makes me think like I'm sitting there thinking, you know, when I start getting panicky, like my, my brain is, it looks like fucking the flash running around <laughs> attraction, not designed for me. Sweat yeah. Starting to roll down my butt crack. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm thinking like, they're not prepared, prepared for this. The people in there are not prepared for this. And then so she's like, all right, it's going to be like 20 bucks a piece or whatever. So, you know, it's sort of expensive. It's it's a touristy place. It's a touristy attraction. And I grab my card and I'm, you know, my debit card and I'm about to hand it to her to pay. And she goes, oh, one last thing. Do you guys want lights? You can buy lights for $2 a piece. And ooh, I'm ooh. like, lights? Why? And she goes, 
Well, it's 97% dark in there and you're not allowed to use your phone or any other source of light. So if you want lights, you're probably going to want to buy a couple. They're like light sticks, right? Right, like glow sticks. No, more into, like giant glow sticks. Giant glow giant sticks. Giant white glow sticks. So then, this is this is strike three for me. I'm thinking, <laughs> what this is what happens, right? <laughs> we go into this haunted house, and you know I'm jumpy as it is. You are. You're like, this is where I have a heart attack. This is right. the stroke that sends me out. So... We this is what goes in my brain. We we get in the haunted house. This guy finds the key to the elevator somehow and manages to get me up to the second floor where all the haunted shenanigans begin. I can't see shit. Jesse's pushing me. She can't see shit. So oh. what does that mean? I'm getting so you rammed. didn't buy the lights. No 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 th- no. This is just what's in my head. Oh okay all right. Uh. This is what I'm envisioning in my head. Like in a split millisecond, this all plays out in my head. So Jesse's basically using me as a human battering Shield, ram yeah. to get through the haunted house. I'm screaming. I'm jumping, right? Maybe a little turtle head popping out. I'm so scared, right? Ooh. And then what ends up happening is we run over one of these poor haunted house workers. Oh, my goodness. Just out of panic, not being able to see human battering ram. And so I go... When she brings up the lights, I go, uh, I think we need to talk about this. I'm not so sure about this anymore. And I look at Jesse and Jesse has this look on her face. Like, I don't want to do this, but she's not the, she's like, she just doesn't want to back down. Right. She's too embarrassed. Spooky shit. And she's too embarrassed to be the one that speaks up. So I pull the plug and I look like the wuss. No one full. I was like, you know what? We'll go talk about it. I'm just a little worried about the handicap situation. We'll let you guys go look for the key. And I'll come back in a few minutes and see if you guys have found it. And we leave out Deuced. of there. You did the fuck out of and, there. And, and Jesse's like, I'm so glad you did that. I'm so glad you told him we didn't want to do it. She's like, I think it was going to give me a panic attack having to push you around in the pitch black dark while people are trying to scare us. <laughs> so, yeah. Talk I was about that. a haunted house. Dude, that's, that's a great story. So, instead, we went to a pinball and arcade museum. I bet that was much better. It was much more relaxed. <laughs> much more fun. Played Less a little. heart attack inducing. Um, yeah, but it was overall a really good time. It's super pretty up there. The weather was great. Like, it was nice and cool. And then when we were driving back, I was like, oh, back to hot-ass Alabama. Nope. Nope. It's been a, a nice temperate week this week. Yeah, right? You came back at the right time. Yeah. What I remember about Gatlinburg is really high mountains. Yep. The ski lift, the Ripley's Museum, the the shoppiness of everything, like the the touristy shops. It's all gift lots stores. Of, lots of saltwater taffy, mm-hmm. uh, homemade fudge, uh, like uh, spray painted T-shirts with your name on them, yep. custom. And uh, you can find knives and nunchucks and throwing stars. <laughs> All Dude. the exotic martial arts weapons that you can't find, but in like real country up in the hills, touristy spots. Dude. And it's all replica bullshit. So many knives slash airsoft stores. Like right. eight or nine of them that I saw. I can only imagine. Airsoft didn't exist when I went, but I can only imagine. And we went in one, and one of the things in their display case was a giant replica of Cloud's Buster Sword from uh, oh, from oh. Final Fantasy VII. 
Yeah. You know, I took a gander at that for a second. And then of like course. the, um, the, you know, the thought processes kicks in again. Like, okay, if we buy this now, we're planning on being here in Gatlinburg for like, I don't know, another two or three hours. It was pretty early in the day. I'm going to have to lug this around now. Instead of the human battering ram, I'm the human shopping cart. Yeah. It's my own fault. Like, cause Jesse definitely does not want a giant buster sword replica. So I would have nobody to blame myself. Well, we could take it back to the car. The car is like a 45 minute walk away from where we are. Oh my goodness. Through a ton. I mean, it was so busy, but yeah, dude, nunchucks, ninja stars, katanas, bow staffs, like every block it seems had a martial arts weapons store yep dude i don't know if it's the rednecks or the hillbillies that love them but it's probably both and i got a little bit of that and in the tours lord knows i got a sword collection dude i'm telling you right now i kept telling jesse like before we leave i'm gonna buy some ninja stars and she was like no you're not no you're not gonna buy any ninja stars i was like yeah, yeah i am and you're gonna be real fucking proud of your of your man when one day our house gets broken into and I get rid of a robber with my sweet ass ninja stars. And this robber is hightailing out the front door, three ninja stars, stars. embedded in his forehead. Yeah, ninja star in his forehead, ninja star in his dick, and then when he turns around to ru- run away, ninja star right in the butt piece, man. Mm. I got him. Got him. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Anyways. Uh, you can uh, like us on Facebook <laughs> at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. We have a Patreon campaign, Patreon page, Patreon. We have a Patreon where for as little as $3 a month, you can support the podcast. It helps us get equipment upgrades and do cool things with the show and just keep the lights running. Uh, and we post bonus podcasts there, all kinds of cool bonus shows, Cooking with Will, Masters of Harvest Kasi with King Tom, Pod Yolorasa with Emily Lind, Star Wars Year by Podcast with our buddy Steele. Like, do you see what I'm saying here? We've got a bunch of our friends involved, a bunch of excellent shows, Oh No, It's Hall Solo, Jaws with Jesse, uh, Blue Harvest Adventures with Robbo and Colleen, like, come on over guys, it's a lot of fun patreon.com slash blue harvest podcast and check out the making star wars podcast network where you can find all kinds of other cool shows talking the star wars and that's the business that was good business Alrighty. so instead of uh pauses mountain man adventures let's uh let's talk a little star wars um, you are a mountain man. Yeah, I felt like I fit in pretty well. You know, I didn't have the flannel shirt going or like a fancy hat, but otherwise Easily fixable. Otherwise, I looked like the black sheep of the mountain man. Oh, dude, mini golf, mini golf for days because between Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg, which are right next to each other, 20, 20 plus mini golf places each with their own gimmick fantasy mini golf davy crockett mini golf pirate mini golf pirate mini golf. mini golf all kinds of fuck hill one literally called hillbilly mini golf the best kind 
I mean, if you're in the mountains. Why not? I remember Sea Ruby Falls. I remember Ruby Falls, Rock City. Both are attractions in Tennessee. Rock City is where I reside. I remember the Fat Man Squeeze at Rock City. What is the fucking Fat Man Squeeze? It's like where two rocks are super close, and if you exceed a certain like poundage, there's a trail around. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> that would be me. I'd be like, I gotta go around. Here we go. Fat man squeeze. All right. So, um, we're less than a month away from the premiere of The Mandalorian. I can't believe it. I know, dude. Yeah, we are. Yep. It looks like ticket times are showing up on different apps and stuff for The Rise of Skywalker. You can't buy the tickets yet, but like the schedule is popping up. And uh, it's all it's all coming together. Well, today, the release schedule for all the episodes of The Mandalorian came out. Because, you know, they're not doing the um, binge format. Right. They're doing the weekly release. Yeah. So we knew episode one coming out November 12th. We knew that for a while. What we did not know, however, is that following Friday, three days later, Episode fifteen, episode two will be available on November fifteenth. So that week on November twelfth, we're getting the first episode of The Mandalorian. Three days later, on November fifteenth, we're getting Jedi Fallen Order, the video game, and the second episode of The Mandalorian. Hmm. And the second episode of The Mandalorian. Looks like my tar my Star Wars brain is going to explode in November. <sighs> um. And then from, and from there on, it follows a Friday release schedule. So episode three is coming the 22nd, episode four, the 29th, episode five, December 6th, episode six, December 13th. Now, the week episode seven airs is the week the Rise of Skywalker comes out, right? The right. Uh, schedule changes and it releases the 18th. It comes out on a Wednesday instead. So they're actually putting out um, the second to last episode of The Mandalorian <clears throat> on Wednesday instead of Friday that week. And then December 27th, two days after Christmas, the season finale of, episode, of season one of The Mandalorian. Oh my goodness, I am so excited. It's going to be a Merry Christmas. <laughs> it is. It's so close, man. I can't believe it. It feels like it feels like it was just yesterday that I was all fucking super excited about the official announcement of the Mandalorian. Right. All right. So we just mentioned um, Jedi Fallen Order, which is coming out on November 15th. And this week, several like gaming journalists, right, were given a chance to go and play like a three or four hour chunk of the game. Oh, really? And the early reactions to people that got to go play that have been incredibly positive. Really? I've seen no less than like three mentions of like this. And they even say like, we're surprised, but this has game of the year potential. Holy crap. Just from those people demoing. (laughs) Yes. Just from playing like a three or four hour chunk. Now, you know, that could be 
the best three or four hours in the game. You know, it's it's always important to keep expectations tempered. Yeah, because we don't know how long the overall game is. It's it sounds like it's going to be pretty long. Really? So let me like twelve to twenty hours. No more. More. We're probably looking at a thirty-ish hour game, if I had to guess. That's not bad. I was expecting a Force Unleashed kind of. No, no. That's one thing because there's side quests. It's it's much more RPG sounding. This will. I mean, I haven't played a a Star Wars game like that since probably Knights of the Old Republic two, and I know maybe. Well, Jedi Knight might have been like that, but I didn't. I didn't get a chance to really play that. No, Jedi Knight were was missions, like missions. it was levels. M- you know, more in line with the Force Unleashed. Right. This this is sounding okay. Hold on, I'm gonna read you. I'm not gonna read you the whole article. This is by Brian Altano from IGN. I'm just gonna read you the intro to his gameplay impression. I'll spare you the history lesson, but Star Wars fans looking for a lengthy single-player Star Wars game, or even really a finished, released, and not canceled single-player Star Wars game, haven't exactly had the most satisfying decade. I'm not reminding of you that of that. I'm not reminding you of that to depress you, though. I'm reminding you of that because after playing three hours of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, I can confidently state that there is finally some real, tangible hope that a full-fledged single-player Star Wars game is here. One that has no multiplayer or microtransactions or loot crates or season passes. Really. Seriously. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is a real, actual, single-player Star Wars game that I have actually played extensively, and it's actually coming out in soon. A new hope, indeed. That sounds amazing. Right? That dude really enjoyed his experience. Yeah, and then I want to read you uh, one more reaction. So this comes from Kat Bailey. She is the um, editor-in-chief of usgamer.net. She's also really good on the Retronauts podcast, which is a really Mm -hmm. good Star Wars, uh, not Star Wars, uh, video game podcast. Um, Hold on one second. I want to pull up her reaction um this one got me very excited as well well you're getting me real excited right now okay this is what she says so yeah jedi fallen order works it's polished the combat is fun the little flourishes like the conversations you have with your crew are evocative of classic star wars games like knights of the old republic it's steeped in lore i think star wars fans are going to be really happy with it I suppose my main criticisms are the main character is a dork, though not tremendously so. It relies on those contrived God of War style traversal puzzles too much for my liking. Um, And then she said the combat really slaps in Jedi Fallen Order. They really nailed the sense of power that comes with wielding a lightsaber without making it too overpowered. I like how tactical it is. It's like Sekiro but just a bit more forgiving unless you crank it up to grandmaster, which good luck. Um, I really hope that it manages to hold up and deliver what was shown because if it does, it's probably going to be my favorite game of the year. Yep. I said that about an EA star Wars game. Oh my goodness. Whoo. (laughs) That says a lot. It does. Right. To me, at least 
especially for someone that feels that way about EA. Uh, and apparently, there is a ton of customization options when it comes to your lightsaber. Interesting. Like one of the things that you can find a lot of are different lightsaber parts, and there's five different categories of them. Um, emitter, switch, sleeve, material, the metal it's made out of, and color for the blade. So, Sweet. and apparently a huge, gigantic skill tree. So, yeah, I'm real excited. So am I. I'm... <clears throat> Pretty much like I, I'm about to finish off The Witcher, I think, and uh, it's got me really stoked to play this new Star Wars one and climb that skill tree. Because there are a lot of talents and things in The Witcher that I didn't use. Like, I just kind of dedicated myself to the very few things I did. Right. And uh, I wonder if that'll be the same with this skill tree or if it'll be, you know, where you need to... You need to be a jack of all trades, or if you need to dedicate one way or the other. Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting to see. I'm also the guy that likes to try and <coughs> if it's even <coughs> possible to do so. I like to try and completely fill out my skill trees, get everything. Oh so, wow! And something like The Witcher, I will play. I'll do every single side quest. I'll put 200 hours into The Witcher, maxing out my skill tree. You know, I mean, that's the, that's the playthrough that I've been doing. I've been doing the playthrough where I miss no quest, mm -hmm. like fail zero quest, which means I've been overpowered for most of my quests. Yeah, but um, I don't care. Which hasn't really been a problem. I want to see all of the story. Yeah. And I kind of like that anyway. I like being you know a badass. And there are some, it does, it will certainly give me a challenge in certain spots. And now that I'm up in the, and I'm not trying to spoil anything, so I mean, it's given me some challenges now that my levels match in the and my current levels match in the mission levels. But right, um, it's been a lot of fun. I can't deny. I mean, it's it's complicated and it's a time sink, dude. Some of those quests, like they don't end. They one leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. No, that's before you can wrap something up. That's what I love about The Witcher is even the side quests are not just. I ne but I never like hated one of them. Like yeah, it's never go fetch these items and bring it back to me. Okay, the quest is done. Like they right. are, there's as much attention to detail and writing like, put into a side quest as the main story. I love when they do shit like that. It's political. Like it can be political mm -hmm. and emotional and all these things. Like that's um, how you know you're attached attached to a character. Yeah. All right, so we were talking about Rise of Skywalker tickets earlier, right? And right. It looks like we're getting the trailer Monday. I'm getting mine in 13D. I don't know about you guys. Oh, but so we're going to Gatlinburg. Yeah. We're going to go open up a new 13D theater in, in Gatlinburg. 24D. Oh, God. 4KD. 4,000D. <laughs> If you had as that's, many dimensions, that's a lot of dimensions, my friend. If you had as many dimensions sticking out of you as or going into your the, eyeballs, you'd look like a porcupine. The anti monitor. Um. <laughs> uh, looks like we're getting the final trailer on Monday, um, and we'll be discussing that next week, obviously. But something that's come out today is that AMC theaters are doing a 
27-hour Star Wars marathon leading into the release of The Rise of Skywalker. Really? 27-hour marathon. Like they're going to keep people in a theater for 27 hours? Mm-hmm. Man. You know, I mean, they've they've if I'm not mistaken, they've done a marathon event for all three of the sequel trilogy movies. And, you know, they were doing them for Marvel as well, like when Infinity War and Endgame came out. So it's not uncommon. It's not an unheard third, heard of thing. But I saw that and I was like, man, a younger me, a less busy me, me with less responsibilities and and job requirements and shit. He would be there. He would be there watching all the Star Wars movies leading up to episode nine. Maybe take a little nap in the theater. Who knows? But I would love to go do it, you know, especially since it's the end of the the sequel trilogy. I just, I don't know that I have it in me. I, I'm trying to think if I could make it. Because like 24 hours, like let's, you go from, you said 27 hours, like. Yeah. That's from like, let's say you go at 9 a.m., you get out at noon the next day. Well, no. So it's going to be, the the schedule is going to be kind of weird because I think it will end up lining up with like, you're seeing Star Wars Episode Nine. You're seeing the Rise of Skywalker at like around 7 on the 19th, which is the day, you know, it, it technically comes out. So, oh, so the marathon is butted up to the beginning of that, basically? Yes, yes. It's leading right into Episode Nine. Man, right? Because you would have to sleep through one of them. You oh know, yeah, like, you got to. Ca- well, you know, at you, least two of them. You either sleep through one of them completely, or you take little cat naps throughout the whole thing, and or I mean, you just suck it up and stay awake. I know I like, especially if it's in the theater that I like, I'd be right fast asleep because Star Wars puts me in such like a warm, comfy mood as it is. Yeah. Like, if I'm having trouble sleeping at night, sometimes I'll put a Star Wars on at, like, a low volume and out like a light. That makes sense. It's like a... It's like a... A comfort... Comfort blanket for you. Um, But, yeah, a 20... It would be so neat. Just the experience and, you know, it's been 20 plus years since I've seen most of those movies on the big screen. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, don't think I can do it. And I mean, who has the time, man? Yeah, who has the time? Who has the time, man? Um, yeah, yeah. there's. I mean, there's absolutely no way I can swing it because I know, like that week, I'll be taking. I'll probably work Thursday morning that the movie comes out, just to keep myself distracted for a little while. Oh, if you were doing nothing, you'd be doing nothing but watching Star Wars. You'd be doing a home marathon. Yeah, and just being anxious, being like, oh, man, Star Wars comes out like tonight. Oh, oh only 10 minutes have passed. Oh, trying to take a nap to kill some time. No, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll work that day. But I'm definitely going to take the Friday after off because I'm going to go see it, you know, probably two more times that Friday. If I had to guess, I always enjoy a day after screening of Star Wars. The war. <laughs> the war. The stars. So that's the, uh, but yeah, it, it would require me taking like three days off of work and yeah, I don't see it happening. In another life though. 
All right. Yeah, in a life where I'm set for life. When it's a 48-hour marathon and I'm retired, you know, like, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk. Yeah, man. Um, okay. So, uh, Mandalorian comes out next month. We know they announced Cassian as being a li- the, another live-action series coming to Disney+. Plus. I A quick just question to our fan base. I want to know how excited any of the mandos are that listen like they have to be ecstatic oh you know (laughs) there was they got their favorite thing in star wars finally there was a whole group of like mando mercs on the floor at star wars celebration during the mandalorian panel and like they were hyped they were all like holding their hand their helmets above their heads and like moving them up and down and doing like chants and shit Oh, I was man, like, oh. that sounds amazing. They were so pumped, and I oh, was pumped. That's awesome. I'm pumped because they're – I mean, I'm pumped, obviously, because I love Star Wars and Mandalorians, but, you know, seeing their – hearing about their energy gets then, me pumped up what was, and, it, like, excited. What was kind of neat, personally, is, like, you know, we would run into people we knew at the panel, like, waiting for it, and they'd be like, how you doing? You excited? <laughs> how you doing, Hoss? <laughs> hey, there, on- hey there, buddy. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, you know I'm excited. You know I'm excited. No need to ask. Um, and a couple months ago, uh, we got the announcement of the Obi-Wan series. And since that announcement, there's been a lot of, like, creative um, team announcements for that show. You know, Deborah Chow coming right. on board, the the writer that's coming on that's on board to write the series and we haven't heard much about the cassian series um well that sort of changed this week when it was announced that tony gilroy is going to be heading up uh some episodes of the cassian series now tony gilroy an important interesting figure in star wars history he is the guy that was brought on to direct the reshoots for Rogue One. His name sounded familiar, but I wasn't sure where from. And uh, according to Variety, Gilroy is set to write the pilot for the series in addition to directing multiple episodes. He will work alongside Stephen Schiff, who remains on board as showrunner. We talked about Stephen Schiff being hired a while back. Um, So... It's kind of uh, interesting. They brought the guy back who, uh, who I guess whipped Rogue One into some sort of releasable shape, at least in Disney's eyes. Um, they brought him back to be part of the Cassian series. I mean, and Disney's kind of infamous for sticking with people that they like. You know, mm-hmm. job well done. Yeah. That they think have performed well, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, I guess in according into variety, it says that Disney previously indicated the show would debut in 2021. I don't remember hearing that personally, but that's one of those bits of star Wars information that I could have heard and went right through one in one ear, one out the other, you know? So if that's still the case, we're still a couple years out from, uh, Cassian. That makes me wonder if we're going to see Obi-Wan before Cassian. Ooh, that would be cool. I mean, not that I'm not excited to see Cassian, but my Obi-Wan delight would be amazing. Um, I think I think it could be the case, but 
um, you know, they're in the process of working on the Mandalorian season two. So regardless, next year at a minimum on Disney Plus, we're going to have the seventh season of the Clone Wars and Mandalorian season two. So not too shabby. Maybe Obi-Wan will be somewhere in there. I almost kind of doubt it because unless they're real close to starting shooting that thing, like real close, eh, I don't know that they'd be able to have it done in time for a release next year. You got to think Mandalorian season one was filming around this time last year. Right. And it's just now coming out in November. So if they want it to be out, you know, toward, if they want Obi-Wan to be out towards the end of next year, then they would have to, that would have to get going pretty quick. And maybe it is. Well, you know, we, we have no indication one way or the other. <clears throat> yeah. I'm, uh, I would assume that since they've done it before, since they filmed a season that they may be able to put one out faster, but that's just a guess. You know, and yeah. it may take just as long no matter what. You know, I could be wrong. Well, and the other thing is with um, with Obi-Wan, having a single director in Deborah Chow, I wonder if that speeds up the process where you're not having to split filming among a bunch of different directors and coordinate with a bunch of different directors. I wonder if that does speed up the process. Hmm. I, you know, I don't know one way or the other. I'm not in the biz. Neither am I. Um, Though I wish. Alrighty. Did you check? Did you get a chance to check out the first episode of Resistance? I did. It What'd was kick ass. Yeah, I dug it too. I thought it was great. I thought it was um, basically more classic Resistance, but the story has um, has some more weight now. It has some real heavy emotional weight to it. Yeah. Um, so. Before we jump into talking about the first episode of Resistance, I want to give a shout out to some of our lovely moisture farmers. After last week when I was bemoaning the fact that I couldn't really figure out a way to watch Resistance, a lot of people came forward and were like, you want to use my cable login? I'll let you use oh, my cable. Oh, that's and I was really like, nice of them. Yeah, I was like, man, that's awesome. Thank you. So shout out to all you guys. And uh, luckily... They started putting it up on Amazon as well. They finally started putting them up. So I saw on my DVR, it, it said two were available to watch now, and then it had the third and the fourth available to record in the future. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I they might end up taking like a mid-season break or something. I'm not sure. I haven't really looked into that. You know, I know Rebels used to do that. It would air for... Uh, several episodes in the fall and then it would take a break around the holidays and then come back after the new year. So I can't remember. That's a very old school cable kind of release schedule, right? A lot of the shows do that. Like Walking Dead and shit does that too now. Right. So I just, uh, I can't remember if they did that with the first season or if it just aired like straight through. But either way. I can't remember myself either. Um. I really dug the first episode. It was, you know, it was a bit of a, I don't want to say a lighter episode, but in some ways it was. I feel like things will get a little heavier as the show goes on, especially. I don't know. It's 
the you know sucking that first order droid out into space <laughs> is pretty heavy, and Tam's whole quandary is kind of heavy, dude. And I it first, you know, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. Look, you. I, the Tam story bugs me, but it bums me out. It doesn't bug me. It bums me out a little bit just because I want her to be on the good guy side. But it's really fascinating, and it's, I, I think it's really say, well it done. It is the most interesting part yeah. of the series so far. Yeah, it, it compels the entire series forward. Um, there is a moment in the beginning where she kind of looks overwhelmed, like maybe she doesn't know what she's got herself into. And I was like, okay, all right, redeeming moment for Tam. And then she just goes head first into traitor territory, and I'm like, oh. You showed such promise, and now you're like, no, fuck them. You won't even listen to that recording that Kaz sent you. Like, you just want to be a pilot. You just want to be a TIE fighter pilot. I was so disappointed, just so heartbroken, because I liked her so much in the first season. And I know we'll get there again. I mean, that's just how these things go, but it's very powerful. I find myself attached to the characters still, you know, even since the first season. And you can tell Kaz is worried about his parents, but uh, he just doesn't have time to worry about that. Um, but the and the the comedic, he's still kind of the yutz, like yeah, he's still kind of. But it was uh, it wasn't. I don't think as slapstick maybe. Last time he was literally having to dodge, you know, getting his butt electrocuted by this evil droid, you know, while they were trying to deal with him. It was it was tense. Like the episode was intense. My favorite part of the episode is when they're so you know the gravity on the Colossus gets fucked up and they're mm-hmm. trying to fix it and Kaz is like, Man, I feel bad for everybody up there on the station. It must be miserable with no gravity. And then it yeah, cuts to the like, bar and everybody's partying, having like a zero G party. I thought that was yeah. really funny. That is funny. That is awesome. Um Yeah, man, I I like this show. I dig this show. I am interested to see how it ends up linking up with the last Jedi because the time, like it's got to be close to the events of the last Jedi by now, because you know, we just blew up Osmian. Right. And so I, you know, it's hard to say, but I would imagine by this point, the resistance has already blown up star killer base. Right. Like, um, you would think, yeah. I mean, yeah, somewhere in there, yeah. And they're looking that information for information have to get back to them at some point. Right. And and they're looking for Dakar. You gotta imagine that if they show up on Dakar, it's gonna have to be post the resistance fleeing Dakar because the Colossus, you know, isn't there with the resistance in the last Jedi. Right. Uh Captain Phasma's still around though, so it's not post her death in the last Jedi. By the way, did you notice that it's not Gwendolyn Christie doing Phasma's I voice did. anymore? I did. That was a missed opportunity. I, I'm, it was quite obvious that it wasn't. If her, I'm not mistaken, I, I think the the lady who did Phasma did a you know a wonderfully serviceable job. I thought it was fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was she noticeable. She made it her own, which is what you have to do sometimes in animation and, to make the character sound good. You can't spend your whole time trying to copy someone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I just wonder what that's all about because I'm pretty sure they got Gwendolyn Christie to do all of Phasma's stuff for the first season. In the previous season, I thought so, right? Yeah, I wonder and I what I understand if maybe she's busy. If she's busy, it's not that big of a deal. You know what I mean? Like It reminds but if, me if of... if they um, just declined to, I'd be like, mm, missed opportunity. It reminds me of when they got uh, Ahmed Best to be Jar Jar in Clone Wars and then 
they switched over to another guy doing the voice and it was way different than right i remember that actually ahmed best Uh, maybe this one's much closer what's that the only thing maybe he was cheaper i don't know is the only guess yeah i don't know i would yeah i just you go through the trouble to get gwendolyn christie to do the first season you wonder why you don't and it could be that she's too expensive you know or it could be that she was too busy um any of those because any of those factors could be it i know they they record the the dialogue and stuff way ahead of of the show airing you know a long time before so who knows um I'm looking forward to seeing They do it before they animate it, right? I'm not exactly sure what, you know, is there rough animatics together or what? I don't know the process. I'm not going to try and sit here and pretend that I do and then give out false information. You know, try to be okay about that. Not, I'm not 100%. I I will venture a guess to say there's a storyboard in there somewhere, but that's it. I have no idea where or where that comes into play. Ah, Yes, a storyboard. Ah, yes, the storyboard. Ah, uh, yes. One of those things. Um, Preferably dry erase. But yeah, I. as the season goes on, I'm looking forward to seeing how it interacts with The Last Jedi because obviously it can't directly interact with the events, but I don't see any reason why they couldn't link up with everybody post the last jedi you know there's there's post last jedi comics uh uh, content in the comics and stuff i'm reading my first star wars comic series in a long time it's star wars allegiance and it's set in between the last jedi and the rise of skywalker um that's cool yeah so i don't see any reason why they couldn't do that you know um I would I'm love cool to see them do that. It'd be rad to see like Finn and Rose and Ray and General Leia and and everybody fucking showing up in resistance. That'd be so cool. That would be. Alrighty. I'm trying to think of uh if we missed anything. I don't think so. Um, let me check my news feed. Be careful. The old news. Uh-oh. The news. You say be careful, don't don't hit the spoiler territory. Yeah. <clears throat> don't see anything compelling. No. No, no. Nope. No, no, no. Alright. <clears throat> Alright. So in that case, we'll jump into voicemails and emails and what have you. We'll hear from our buddies. I, one little t- Disney and Tencent maybe oh. are joining for something. Yeah, man, I don't know how I feel about all that. I know that's dangerous water to be wading into a Chinese market at the moment. Well, you know, <clears throat> Star Wars has tried to make an impact in the Chinese film market because it is, and they're just not popular, right? Right. It just it, there's no cultural affinity for star wars because i actually read an article about it today apparently star wars was not quote unquote like legally shown in china until 2015 that was the first yeah so it's not like they have 40 years of history with star wars obviously you know 
they're Star Wars fans there. They found a way to watch the movies, but I guess it wasn't readily available until 2015. So it doesn't have, you know, 40 years of pop culture fandom built into the and generations uh, of dads right introducing star wars and the force awakens did pretty well in china i think it maybe made like 120 something million dollars but since then none of them have done nearly as well like solo did exceptionally bad and it's just been one of those territories that star wars hasn't been able to crack um you know i know that territory is big for marvel movies and like um you know they definitely the fast and furious movies yes transformers i believe transformers. venom the venom made a ton of money there uh, i think warcraft the warcraft movie did uh, much really? better yeah so like you know it's just one of those things and then when you add on top all the shit that's going on with china and hong kong right now and Blizzard's massive fuck up with the whole China. Oh, and God, Hong they fucked up so hard. Dude, Blizzard. So this time last year, around this time last year, they had their big BlizzCon, which is like, you know, their big convention, right? And mm-hmm. the big story that came out of that was how shitty the fan, Blizzard fans were being to the studio because their big announcement was a Diablo mobile game. And I guess everybody thought they were going to announce a Diablo 4, and instead they announced a mobile game. And people were being a real dicks about it. Like I, And this is the thing. like That's not necessary. I understand wanting them to do whatever game it is you want them to do, but like they, they were definitely taking it to too far. So, so this time last year, I was like, man, you guys need to be easier on Blizzard. Like They're a really good game developer. They do some... I mean, obviously, they're an excellent game developer. Warcraft, Starcraft, Hearthstone, World of Warcraft, <clears throat> et cetera, et cetera. Diablo, Overwatch. It's going to be a Warcraft 3 remaster. Yes. And now, cut to a year later, and I'm like, nah, man, fuck Blizzard. Yeah, right. Yeah, man. Like, it's just... It's, so, yeah, yeah. I, I honestly, like, I saw the story about Tencent and Star Wars and how there's going to be especially like Chinese exclusive Star Wars novels written like exclusively for that market and I just I'm an idiot Will and I don't want to speak on a situation that I'm not like super versed in I yeah and 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 come off dumb so like I wasn't even like really bring it up but I don't I don't know what to think about it like with everything that's been going on and like penalizing a dude for speaking up about the Hong Kong right. protests. Like I am, I don't know, man. I don't think it's, a. I don't think it's a great move. It's uh, this will, if you don't mind, probably get us banned in China, but <sighs> it's a difficult situation because it's a communist country, but Hong Kong used to be ruled by the British and they have maybe a lot of ideas about independence that aren't necessarily as popular in mainland China. As an American, I usually come down on the side of independence, mm-hmm. freedom. So I that's kind of what my feelings oh, are on that. Absolutely. I'm, 100- I'm not trying to say anything messed up or 
No, I'm 100 percent. Chinese don't have the ability to conduct, you know, law in their country or whatever. But yeah, I, as an American, I generally come down on the side of freedom and liberty. I absolutely agree. I'm 100 percent with you, and like, uh, 100 percent on the side of the Hong Kong protests. So that is why it's disturbing to see. It's always a shame to see protests turn violent. Yeah, you don't, I, I mean, was, obviously you don't want that, but, um, but I understand, you know, to see this before. situation with Blizzard and in, you know, they put out a statement saying that they penalized that player because he violated their terms of service or whatever. And it had nothing to do with their business interests in China, which is just a blatant lie. As I say, and that's all well and good. That's probably your legal excuse, but it looks like you cave to china mm-hmm. to try to you know save your ass let's move on to because like i said i'm nowhere well enough educated in the matter or anything to speak with any authority but yeah i don't know and, i mean i like i said i'm not super in the know right but you know i, I know i try to keep up as much as i can but I'm also trying to keep up with what's going on over here What's going on in my in my personal life? I can't life keep track work, of everybody's like, flaming sinking ship know, when man. mine's on fire as well. Right. All right. Let's let's hear from our buddy Steve. Adi, Monday. Here he comes. Any second now. Cockhead, the only Jedi master who can crash box Kitty. Cockhead, running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kitty, cockhead, to stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty, cockhead, what you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead! Blue Herb! Cockhead! Hansberger! Cockhead! Will Witten! Cockhead! Goose Paint! Cockhead! G-Money! Cockhead! King Tom! Cockhead! Joe! Cockhead! Key&D! Cockhead! Cockhead! All right, all right. Um, we're gonna hear from King Tom. Oh, speaking of King Tom, and speaking of saying something dumb on a podcast and not realizing it. Remember last week, King Tom called in about Ray's blaster that Han Solo yes. gave her, yeah. and we had that whole talk about Luke having a blaster in Return of the Jedi. Totally didn't. Uh, well, he uses he holds a blaster at one point. But he gets it from one of Jabba's guards. It's not yeah. his blaster. And I remembered this at like 10.30 at night while I'm editing the episode. And I'm like, fuck, that's right. But I just leave it in. Why not? You know, like, I'm not going to sit there and edit that out just so I sound fucking Star Wars smarter, right? We, t- we take our lumps. And then, of course, everybody who who said something to me about it could not have been nicer. Nobody was right. a dick and was like... Oh, you got this wrong, but people can't believe just, you have a Star Wars show, you idiot. No, nobody was like that, but yeah, 
<clears throat> I definitely fucked that up. So let's hear what I King mean. Tom has to say. Hey there, Haas and Will. So last week I said I had a two-part question. And first of all, thank you for answering my question about Ray and the blaster last week. I think you guys got, you know, along the lines of what I was thinking. Um, that she's going to be using it and she's you know, going to have fun using it. Uh, the other question, obviously tied to the blaster, is the weapon on her other hip. The Skywalker slash now Ray lightsaber. You know, we, she has a complicated relationship with it, which kind of parallels her status as a Jedi, where at first she doesn't want it, and then she's, because, you know, she still sees herself as that scavenger on Jakku, and then she sees, you know, her place as bringing Luke back into the galaxy. And then finally, she evolves into what we think, what we see as someone working for good in the galaxy, someone to, you know, establish reestablish the resistance, reestablish the Jedi to help her friends. And same with the Saber. She didn't want it at first. Then she was only going to bring it to Luke. And now I think, you know, because last we saw her in, in the movie, um, she was holding the broken parts of it. We know in the, um, in the trailer, she, you know, rebuilt it. In one of the um, Allegiance comics, she says something like, I wish I had my lightsaber. So I was just wondering... If you see a similar progression and where she is going, do you think that she is going, you know, we know it because we're the audience and we know that Ray is the hero of this story. But how does Ray see herself in all of this? Is she embracing fully that she's a Jedi? Or do you think she'll have some misgivings? Uh, I don't know. It's a bit of a weird question, but just something that, that I'm wondering. Anyway, thanks for listening, and I will talk to you guys later. Mm, mm, mm. That's a good voicemail from King Tom. Uh, I hope we get, for lack of a better explanation, the Return of the Jedi Luke version of Rey in Episode Nine. Yeah. Where she's much more confident, um, you know, steeled and determined yeah and i think i think we'll get both honestly i think we will see a more confident not that ray wasn't confident as it is but like more confident as in her abilities as a jedi and i mean she was so confident she left luke's grumpy ass on an island yeah that's what i'm saying like she's plenty confident i don't mean to say she's not no no no. i i totally get what you're saying i just (laughs) i want some positive resolution of the Ray and Luke relationship. Me too. Because I feel like it was left on a super sour note. Yeah, that is, if I had, you know, like, I love The Last Jedi. It is legitimately very high on my list of Star Wars movies. I, I love it. But, you know, I do have a small, a few small things about it. I, and, and this is just a personal thing. Like, for instance, in Breaking Bad, I like when Jesse and Walt are getting along together. Right. I don't like when they're fighting. Like, I like to see my favorite character, like, just bums me out. Um, And so the fact that there wasn't some sort of resolution between Ray and Luke, like, you have that whole peace and purpose thing line at the end where she fills Luke past and she's talking to Leia about it. And that's nice and all, but 
I'm with you. I would like some sort of resolution. And if the dialogue from the first teaser is actually in is, the movie, I, right. I think we're hearing that moment. Yeah, I think know? we'll we won't be disappointed. That's exactly what I was going to say because I think we got a glimpse of that in the trailer. Um, so I think that's um, I think you know that's in store for us for sure. Um, but yeah, I I think we will see because of her connection to Kylo and Kylo's sort of stance on the, the his position on the spectrum of the light side and the dark side. I think it's only natural that we will see her struggle with the dark side at some point. I mean, Luke does in the uh, in Return of the Jedi as well. So, you know, I don't think we will see her be, you know, one hundred percent confident and totally immune to the pull of the dark side. Because for one, you need to have, you know, a bit of conflict in your main hero or else it's just the, it's not as interesting as it could be, you know? Right. It's a, it becomes a paladin, you know, that's blind by right conviction. So I was, uh, I was, you know, I, I know it's probably too cliche, but I just assumed that they would give her a black costume kind of like, you know, Luke at the end of return of the Jedi mm-hmm. and that, and when that flat pulled back, it'd be white on the inside. Yeah. I think that was, um, a little an interesting little bit of like visual symbolism yeah yeah and but i gotta say i think her outfit in um the last jedi or not the last jedi uh rise of skywalker might end up being my favorite oh i totally agree i love the um you know me i love the monkish tunicish mm-hmm. whole thing so like that whole monk ascetic you know look of her outfit is kick ass. Yeah, and then like the hood in the back. I think it yep. it's going to look really cool. Um <clears throat> I can't wait. I can't wait to see in in speaking of Ray I was thinking about the blaster too, like it's a tool. You know, yeah. even if you don't use a blaster for battle, like it's still a tool. Yeah. Um speaking of her with the light the Skywalker lightsaber, I still kind of wish I'm kind of torn on it because I think it's really cool to have Ray using the Star Wars equivalent of Excalibur. Right. I really like that. But man, I want her to have like. But also having Kylo reforge his helmet. There's this. Okay, now you have soldered two like two relics back together for this movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you soldered the, the, the lightsaber back together and Kylo soldered his helmet back together like. Right, and I and I like that, but I just can't help but still be a little disappointed that we didn't get a really kick-ass Ray's lightsaber design, like her you, you know personal. What? I hope it's a magic reveal to where she made her own, like it, like comes down to the last minute, da 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 da, like, and then boom, there's the second lightsaber that she made, like it comes out of nowhere. You know yeah, I mean? <clears throat> clutch. <clears throat> that would be cool. That would be cool. Um, I just, I don't know. I just think it would, for one, I'm surprised from like a merchandising, uh, aspect, like from the merchandising. That you aspect. wouldn't want to create a new lightsaber to yeah. sell. Yeah. No. I mean, I know you sell the kit where you can make your own, but like. You could, 
You can also say, well, because the Skywalker saber does look quite a bit different now that it's been put back together. And but so, they're not selling it like that. They're not selling battle-damaged lightsaber like Skywalker's. I would be very surprised if that's not something that comes out soonish, though. There's not one available yet, as far as I can tell, but there will be eventually. Do you think? I don't think there will, but oh, I, dude, I'll be impressed if it is. Star Wars is the master of selling a variant. Oh, here's Luke. Steel's, Steel always uses the example of Luke Skywalker, but now he's got his flappy farm boy hat. You know, like, yeah, there will be a, a Black Series Force FX Ray's lightsaber from Episode Nine eventually. It's 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 the way of Star Wars merchandising. Um, yeah, I I don't know. One of those aspects of the sequel trilogy that I would be interested to hear more about, like the thought process behind. I get the thought process of behind it being the saber in the Force Awakens, and by that it would still be the saber in the last Jedi. But once you break it in the last Jedi, like I would, I almost feel like that's the perfect opportunity to have Ray, um, build her own, build her own now, which was, which used to be considered one of the trials, I believe. Yeah. And you could like, who knows, maybe her repairing. Cause that saber is a fucked up. It's ripped in half. Yeah. So, Maybe her repairing the saber is the same the equivalent same. challenge as now, making your own. You want to get get down to Funky Town with me for just a second? Because I have a theory of why you keep the Skywalker saber in play. Okay. I don't know. This is probably going to be one of those things that's maybe a little too goofy. Maybe a little too um, on the nose. But I feel like you keep the Skywalker saber in play and available to use because when Kylo goes to the light side, he's going to use it. And it'll be very symbolic. I, I would I take it one step further. It's the purifying agent. It's yeah, like in, in the vein of Excalibur itself, in the moment where she, you know, incites his redemption or his subversion back to the light side. She gives him the saber or gifts him the saber or he gets it somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Cause and and then if that is the case, if Kylo ends up using the Skywalker saber in episode then things nine, have come full circle, right? When you think about the, the story of the trilogy, like when he sees that saber on uh star killer base, he's like that, that belongs to me. Yeah, that belongs to me. Now and and but it goes to Ray when it's called. Doesn't go to Kylo. Right. But then if Kylo goes to the light and then he's wielding the saber of his grandfather and Luke and you know, for a time Ray. Yeah. And and that saber plays some part in taking down Palpatine then that's even a fitting end for both him and the saber it is and it is the most literal and kind of coolest way to pay off the i'll finish what you started line from the force awakens right 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 you know i know a lot of people 
have had a theory or have talked about like maybe Kylo is maybe that's what Kylo means when he says I'll finish what you started. He'll destroy the Emperor or bring balance to the Force. I don't personally I don't think that's what Kylo means in the Force Awakens, but I think he could that's what it could mean by the time of the rise of Skywalker. It could be flipped on its head, you know. Well, I mean, and that's the thing as these trilogies evolve Sometimes what you said in the first one can mean whatever the fuck you want it to mean in mm-hmm. the next one. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the way the first trilogy went. Yeah, but I don't think we're going to find out that like since the beginning, Kylo has had some grand plan to infiltrate the First Order and bring balance to the Force. I think he's part oh, of the First no, Order. he's a yeah. bad guy. Yeah. He's bad guy through and through at the moment. But I could see that being a serious like cheer moment in the theater to seeing Kylo back on the light side grabbing the skywalker saber and igniting that shit that could be cool that could get a big old it would get a standing ovation (laughs) all right let's hear from our buddy carlo and then we have a couple emails to get through good evening halls and will um since next week we're going to be having Presumably, we're going to be having the Rise of Skywalker trailer dropping. I kind of wanted to get in a question um, that kind of gets into a little bit of the Force and also um, some of the maybe intentions within the prequels. Um, I was watching Revenge of the Sith the other night, and I had noticed that during... A scene where Anakin visits Padme before all hell breaks loose. Uh, He visits Padme and he has a vision of her giving uh, birth to the the children. And Obi-Wan is in the vision where in a previous scene of that vision, Obi-Wan wasn't there. And then we cut to Anakin holding a data pad and he sets it down and asks Padme uh, was Obi-Wan here and I've always found that scene to be a little bit strange um, but I got to thinking is that because Anakin has some psychometry going on and psychometry is the is the power that Quinlan Voss has where he touches an object and he kind of senses um, its past and um, possibly future uh, events going on with the characters who've touched that pad. Anyway, um, what do you all think is actually happening there in that scene? In addition to the intentions behind some things going on with the prequels was that I think maybe George Lucas had a... uh, Maybe there was an idea that... Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Padme had some kind of, not a love triangle, but perhaps there was some kind of uh, doubts that Anakin may have had between uh, Padme and Obi-Wan, which can later be seen where, in the scene where he's on Mustafar, Padme arrives, and Obi-Wan steps out from the uh, the Naboo cruiser and says you know you're you're with him you know she calls him a liar Obi-Wan also earlier in the prequels in episode two refers to Padme she's a politician Uh, she can't be trusted 
uh, or politicians can't be trusted. So a lot of things go, going on in the prequels that I always felt were maybe story ideas of where there might be some sort of maybe a love triangle, but not uh, kind of a, <coughs> a situation where uh, Anakin distrusts uh, Padme, which again is seen in the Clone Wars too with Rush uh, Clovis. Um, the whole uh, ex-boyfriend situation, the Paolo situation uh, in Attack of the Clones. I don't know. Maybe I'm seeing or reading too much into it. But what do you all think? Do you, do you think George had any intentions there? Or am I making things up? Anyway, Oswell, uh may the force and the force of others be with you. Thanks, Carlo. That was a good question. Uh, Carlo sounds a little bit like Rod Serling. Yeah, Carlo's the guy that uh, called in last week and you couldn't really hear his voicemail. He really... This one was much better. Yeah, super clear. Perfect. Perfect. Um, I don't know if Anakin touching that iPad, a data pad, um, in Padme's house or her apartment or whatever is meant to be psychometry guess you could always say it was was there something on it was there a picture on it that he turned face down or something i don't i can't remember what i can't remember he's it's looking been a while. on it he's looking at it but uh i kind of always just got the feeling that anakin his visions are are more akin to like luke's vision on dagobah of seeing um his friends tortured and stuff it's the vision he sees that leads him to leave dagobah uh, I, I never got the feeling that it was necessarily psychometry as much as it was just your average run-of-the-mill force vision. Because Anakin has those. He has a, one in Attack of the Clones. He has the vision of his mom <clears throat> um, being in danger or whatever. Yeah. The dream. He Well, he has them as dreams. Um, and those those are clearly not psychometry. And he has uh, another one. Does he have like two in Revenge of the Sith? He does, I think. Um, one you don't see though, maybe? Well, he has the one in bed and then he sits up and like he has the gold arm. like, And he like puts his head in his hands, right? He has that one vision. Well, he's, yeah, he definitely has this vision because that's when he goes out on the balcony and... Um, Padme. She doesn't look so good. No, doesn't look so good. No, that's a different one. This is the one where he's out on the balcony and she comes out to him and she's like, "What's wrong?" And he tells her about the dream and he's like, "I'll find a way to save you." Remember? So he does have a couple of different visions. Yeah, I think they're just regular force visions. What do you think? That's what I think. I mean, as far as I know. And I don't know. He's probably very just suspicious about Obi Wan. Yeah, I mean, that's in general. Just, that's. That's one of the main things about Anakin's downfall in his storyline in the prequels. He's very sort of like just suspicious and paranoid, paranoid. and yeah. um, this whole sense of possession with Padme. Like it's the whole, it's the whole reason like the Jedi try From to my not point of view. The Jedi are evil. He try not to form attachments. Like right. it's a textbook example of why they try not to do that. Hey, um, you want to know why we don't form attachments? Darth Vader. Yeah. That's why. Um, and uh, I remember, I want to say it was 
maybe before, maybe after the release of The Phantom Menace, there was a lot of people theorizing that there was going to be some sort of like Anakin, <sighs> Obi-Wan, Padme, love triangle, love triangle thing going on. I remember that. And um, I think it just comes from Padme being older than Anakin, yeah. which would make her maybe more suitable for Obi-Wan, whatever. Um, but, you know, everybody knows that it goes south between Anakin and Obi-Wan at some point, right? Right. I think they were just assuming that it would be, you know, kind of Shakespearean. And I do wonder if it Love was... Love Triangle Padme would be it. Yeah, and I do wonder if it was ever something that they did I consider. Like that it's not, by the way. I do, too. I do, too. Um, it does seem like maybe... It would... It would cheapen Padme's character to me I mean it would just I don't know I, I think it's kind of unnecessarily it unnecessary. is and like and it would I mean and then Padme. when when you get into the whole thing about like Obi-Wan and Satine in um the Clone Wars and then in the Revenge of the Sith novelization there's this passage I actually just saw it sort of recently there's a Twitter account that just posts passages from that novelization it was sort of like Obi-Wan's inner dialogue about Anakin and Padme and him being like, you know, he always knew Anakin loved Padme and, and always had and stuff and just never said it and things like that. So <clears throat> I can, uh, I don't know. I, I, I do wonder if it was something they ever considered because that line, like when Obi-Wan goes to confront Anakin on Mustafar it does kind of seem like that's what Anakin thinks is going on yeah even though it's not but so. in I mean in all honesty Anakin does use Padme to find Anakin oh she has Obi-Wan no idea uses, that's what I meant Obi-Wan yeah. uses Padme to find Anakin like she doesn't know he's on board no he doesn't and Anakin doesn't give her a chance to explain herself either yeah yeah <clears throat> all right um let's move on to some emails first we've got one from our buddy steven hey guys on one of the sports podcasts i listened to this week they did a segment where you had to pick what five fictional sporting events you would want to be physically present for and i thought that would perfectly translate to star wars so if you could be at anything that has happened in a galaxy far far away what would it be three rules you wouldn't be able to change the outcome of the event you won't get any additional information by being there and you can't see anything that happened off screen, i.e. you can't see Yoda teach Obi-Wan how to commune with Qui-Gon, even though we know it happened. Mine would be Luke versus Vader on the Death Star 2, the pod race, Yoda trolling Luke before revealing himself, the world between worlds with Ezra, and the cave on Ilum where the younglings get their kyber crystals. That's a solid list. That is a solid list. He took my first one. Luke versus Vader on Death Star 2? No, the next one. Um, the pod race. The pod race. I would love to be at the pod race. Pod that would, race be would be amazing. Yeah. I would be in the pod race crowd. I'd be drinking space beer, watching them things come around. Woo! Pod race is definitely on my list. Um, I'd love to be at the casino horse on, races. On Canto I mean, Bite? Yeah, I, I'd like to be at Canto Bite. And I know it's full of awful people, but... So I mean, fancy. It looked like they were having a fancy good time gambling and drinking. Uh, I would be in the cut scene from The Last Jedi when they bust through the bathhouse and there's that little naked pink alien played by Warwick Davis. 
Oh yeah. That would oh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh I would definitely be at the Ewok celebration at the end dude, of Return of the Jedi. Dude, that was my next one, the Yub Nub. I would be at the Yub Nub oh, celebration. Yeah, dude. dude. I would be, be playing uh bongos on the on the hell, the dead helmets, the hell Yeah, what dude, I'd be hanging out with the Ewoks. We would be jamming, dude. We would tasty dude. jams. We would I would be roasting things on the open fire for them. Little Indoor guinea pigs or whatever. Stormtroopers. Stormtrooper. Um, where else would I like to be? I'd want to be in, um, in Jabba's palace. If I was rough and tumble enough to be in there, I'd be in there. So the rule he says is that where you can't see anything that happened off screen, that fucks me up because one of my answers was going to be, I want to be on Tatooine near the Sarlacc pit. At the end of return or at the beginning of Return of the Jedi, so I could see whether Boba Fett uh, comes out or not. Comes out or not, but that doesn't count. I can't do that. Yep. That doesn't do count. That. Can't do it. Um, let's see. So what if I would love? I want to be on the Millennium Falcon at some point. The question if is, I when could, do you do that? If I could be safe on one of those gunships, I'd watch the Battle of Geonosis from one of those clone gunships. Yeah, that's what I was going to... Like, one of my answers is, is I, I want to be in an X-Wing in the Battle of Yavin. Yeah, but that'd be cool. That shit wouldn't turn out well for me. I, nope. ain't, I ain't no Wedge Antilles. Yeah, you ain't no Wedge Antilles. You know, I'm a pork I wanted, the best. I see, I'd want to be in a Y-Wing, but that doesn't shape out great for anybody. Yeah, so that one's out of it. I ain't looking to get shot down. Um... Oh, dude, I know where I want to be. I want to be in the abandoned base on Crate when Luke Skywalker shows up. Oh, that would be cool. That would that's a that's a galactic storytelling moment. Yeah, man, that's one place I want to be. Um I want to be at the table, the Sabak table when uh oh, Han Solo wins the fucking Millennium Falcon that's from Lando at the very That's a good one too. Um, metal ceremony on Yavin. That would be cool. Yes, that's a dude. We're picking all the parties. Yeah, uh, we really you know, want to go to a Star Wars I party. I want to go to a Star Wars party. <laughs> the Coruscant party where they topple the statue mm -hmm. uh, when the, the galaxy is free at the end of Return of the Jedi. I want to be there. Yeah, man. That's a good question, Stephen. Put me in all the celebratory moments. Yeah, I'm looking to Give party. Give me some blue milk cocktail. I'd be in the bar in, in uh, Moss Eisley in a heartbeat. <clears throat> all right, this one is from Brad H. Hey, boys, happy Friday. So the question I have this week, what the fuck is a Raylo? I mean that with all sincerity. I imagine that is the theory slash desire that a particular sect of fandom wants Kylo and Ray to end up together. However, I've heard that term tossed around as both a noun and an adjective. I've heard folks on fan sites say, I'm a total Raylo, and conversely, fuck Raylos. I mean, is it a good thing, bad thing, what is it? To infinity and beyond, Brad H. Wrong franchise, Brad. That's Toy Story. I know that. Uh, I mean, you pretty much nailed it, Brad. It's You pretty much nailed it in your explanation. It's I think when they self-identify as a Raylo or I'm a Raylo, I think it's kind of the same vein as I'm a Stan. Which comes from the Eminem song, like, yeah, I don't. Uh, well, I mean, I I, I guess it's a very f similar sort of like vibe or whatever. Um, 
to be a so-and-so stan means like a super fan or whatever a fan of yeah and you know at the end of the day like that is just it's something people want to see happen a movie so like that is like you know it's kind of like a fan fictiony thing that people want to happen yeah i I envision it like as the spock and kirk hookup you know Mm. like I think it's way more likely than Spock and Kirk hooking up. Um, I don't know. I think. Have you seen um, those J.J. Abrams Star Treks? That'd be a spicy hookup. <laughs> um, and, and it's. It's a. Like it's a excuse for people to be shitty to people like. I don't know, man. Like just let people enjoy and. So it's a fan, the whole point of fan fiction is fiction it's fan written well, fiction to once enjoy. again like, like i think there's very obvious reason like if there was absolutely nothing for them to go on like for them to cling to i don't think it would be as a big of a thing i do think there's, oh no star wars hints at it real hard yeah and in <clears throat> i do feel like so far in the sequel trilogy there has like you know in the prequel trilogy you have anakin and padme in the original trilogy you have han and leia so I think, you know, I think Rose and Finn is is one of them, but that comes, you know, so late in the game. It's in the so Last late Jedi. in the game, it doesn't have the same power. And I think there will be elements of the Rey and Kylo thing in The Rise of Skywalker. I don't know how much or or what it'll end up entailing, but I think... I think that relationship definitely gets explored. I'm going to put it to you that way. Absolutely. Um whether for better or worse, we will see. Do you remember the first time you heard of like shipping? It, I, I mean, it's when within the last couple of years, where someone ships like they want two people to be together really bad. Yeah, and and the thing, the reason I'm always like, <clears throat> like I I you know never shit on Raylos or anything like that is because I understand. I it. mean, I have a history of shitting on Raylos. I won't deny that. <laughs> Um, the reason I don't is because I have it in me. I remember the first th- time I ever heard like a nickname like that for a ship or shipping two characters like that was in Lost. And yeah. there were Jates, which were people that wanted Jack and Kate Jack to be together and Skates, which wanted Sawyer and Kate to be together. And I was a Jate through and through. Yeah, you were. So... I get it. I get the whole, the whole idea behind it and stuff. So I'm always like shipping like, a couple. You know, I don't. I feel like it does no harm. As with anything in Star Wars, just as as much as Super Boba Fett fans can take it too far, Super Raylo fans can take it too far. Super, yeah, it's, super. They can orig- make it a ride or die thing. Super original trilogy fans can take it too far. <laughs> super fucking uh, Force Unleashed fans can take it too far. Like. Any sect of fandom where you have a hyper-focused, like, um, specialty in fandom, people can take it too far. And it's, it, like, it's a shame. Like, I wish people would just calm down a little bit and and, and enjoy I what mean, they enjoy and, and, and like what they fun. like and want what they want. You know? But I totally get it. I totally understand where they're coming from and the uh, appeal of it because, like I said, I was one of them. All right. Um, we got one more email, and this is from Laura. Hey, Halls and Will. 
I really enjoyed last week's episode. I hope you were finally able to watch Resistance. I'm in the same boat with no cable and was happy to wake up Monday and see that Amazon finally had episodes for purchase. No season pass, though. I wonder if they'll change that. I had some thoughts about the conversation King, St- King Tom started last week. I'm pretty sure y'all aren't reading the middle grade novel, so I have some information to add to the pool of nod- uh, knowledge. As in the Star Wars Allegiance comic, Spark of Resistance, which apparently takes place after that comic series in the timeline, has Rey experiencing difficulty in accessing the Force. She can feel it, but she's having trouble using it. She has one no- moment when it comes through for her, but she definitely needs training. I think this may be why Ray is still relying on her staff and blaster, even after her lightsaber is repaired. Her skills in the Force work well enough during an emergency when she's in- acting instinctively, but she has yet not yet mastered it. So she trusts the weapons that make sense to her and help her control the distance in a fight. Nothing controls distance like a ranged weapon. I do think, though, that the other half of the equation is that Rey is not particularly civilized. For all that she has as a posh accent, she is nothing like Obi-Wan in her upbringing. She's a self-taught street fighter with no table manners, socially awkward, and preferring fighting to diplomacy. I love her for that. That's actually one of my favorite things about Rey, too. Yeah, right. She's a great character, but I would never mistake her for someone who would toss a perfectly serviceable weapon just because it seems ungentlemanly. This leads to my question. We already know how Rey is going to be fighting with the lightsaber, but what other at weapons are you most looking forward to seeing her or any other characters use? What makes for a cool fight scene? Thanks for the great podcasting. I can't wait for the new trailer and look forward to your commentary on it whenever Lucasfilm decides to release it. May the force be with you, Laura in Texas. P.S. Thanks for following me back on Twitter at MonMothmaPod is me. Oh, okay. You guys should go check out the MonMothmaPod. Mom Mothma Pod. That's awesome. I'm gonna check that out. Um What other weapons? I re- by the way, the- I really like uh Laura's take. On Ray right. the Blaster. Absolutely. I think that's really good. Absolutely. Couldn't could not have put it better myself. Um, the bow staff. And now that to me is bread and butter. Chirrut Imway showed you that. Like the force and that bow staff go together mm, like bread and hot butter. Or hot hot bread and butter. I think we <laughs> bread and hot butter. I think we <laughs> I, I think we kind of got that from Ray though already. We've seen her I know, fight with but that I, staff. I want some more. I'm just that's what I'm saying. Give me more. There's this cool uh, part in the Allegiant comics, which I'll have to give you like my Marvel login so you can read them and we can discuss them. Um, uh, where she's in a standoff with some fee- people that are trying to start some shit, and she holds out her hand and she's like, "You're lucky I don't have my lightsaber." And then the poof, the staff goes into her, like she force pulls the staff to her. Thought oh, it was that's... thought it was really cool. Um. I don't know if there's any other weapons that I particularly want to see Ray use. Like I'm, I'm good with the array of weapons she has now. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's in the cards, but I've always wanted to see Ray fly like a one man fighter, like an X wing or, you know, something to that effect. I want to see how she does. Like she's obviously very good at, uh, She's pretty good at flying the Falcon. She's excellent in the gunner seat. 
Um, they seem to tease those out in this set of heroes. Yeah. You know, the good pilot is not also the hero. Yeah. It, but uh, Ray is no slouch as a pilot either. No, she's not. I mean, she pilots the Falcon beautifully. Uh, I, so I would like to see what she can do in a, in a one-man fighter. In a snub cool. fighter? Yeah. Yeah. I um, don't know if that counts for, for Laura's question, but... Uh, I'd like to see her use the bowcaster. In some oh yeah, uh, situation. Han Solo did it. I'm trying to think if there's any. Like we got such a crazy array of weapons in the Last Jedi with, um, the Praetorian guards. Like they each had such sort of different weapons, and I thought the it was really weapons. cool. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's any sort of weapon that we haven't seen. Um, in Star Wars, that would be cool to see. And and what makes a good fight scene like that's, that's man, that laser question. axe was cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know we probably won't see it again, but that executioner laser axe. Oh, uh, it was cool. I think that thing is neat. Uh, I I think the first order like batons from yeah, the those Force Awakens cool. that was cool. Um, man, the sound design in that scene when. Finn is fighting that that for uh, that stormtrooper. Mm-hmm. Sounds so cool. It's great. Like the lightsaber versus that that thing. Man, it sounds cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't wait to see, and I hope we see all the different Knights of Ren in action with all their different weapons. Their different weapons are really what's going to excite me. Mm-hmm. You know, like I always thought, like a taser whip would be cool, and not not a lightsaber whip because I don't really believe in that concept, but like a whip with like a taser, like a really powerful electroshock thing on the end. They definitely did like a light whip in the old Marvel comics. Yeah. I remember that. Not my favorite concept either. No, I do not like that. And sometimes like I understand like, okay, you have the original trilogy and you have a bladed light weapon. You have lightsabers, which are essentially just long swords, right? Yeah. And then I can see, the the thought process that leads you to go well put two of those end on end and you have a lightsaber staff a double light bladed lightsaber yeah I can that's so what i thought i thought ray's natural progression would go there from the from the yeah because she used a staff in the beginning i just thought oh this is gonna be awesome by the third movie she's gonna be like bachelor oh. shan yeah. double bladed lightsaber and i mean i understand why it hasn't gone that way but if it in you know surprises me at the end of this movie, I'll be delighted. But I can see you know the the thought process between progressing from the single bladed blade lightsaber to the double bladed lightsaber, and then I can understand you know the cross guard lightsaber. I actually think the cross guard lightsaber is neat because it I do too. It gives you like a the feel of like a great sword, like a two handed great yeah. sword and stuff. And like it adds a level of protection for your hands, you know, right. even kind of like a great sword or whatever. But then when you get past those three and you get into like some of the games and comics and stuff and do they do like lightsaber spears or lances and stuff. I, I don't really dig that as much. Yeah. Like you can take the concept too far and it's not as cool personally yeah. to me at least. 
Lightsaber nunchucks. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. I don't like. I don't need all four of the Ninja Turtles represented in lightsaber form. Lightsaber right. size or daggers. Like, no, I don't. I don't think I need those. You know. Um, I do like the idea of shorter lightsabers, like lightsaber short swords for. Um, and that's basically what Ahsoka used for. Like, I think they were called Shota, maybe, back in the Legends or whatever. But like, she fought too bladed in the in like the reverse style and those uh, are a little bit shorter than the regular lightsaber length yeah i feel like they are in clone wars and then when she has her two white lightsabers yeah and those Rebels, definitely are not short yeah those white like, ones are not i feel like those are the longer ones yeah what makes a cool like a what makes a cool light se- uh, fight scene in Star Wars is I don't know that there's any one element. You need the badass John Williams music. You need the the choreography popping off. You need the cool setting. They got yeah. They got to work the environment, the setting. And I think that's all. And look, I love and good choreography. I love the fight between. Anakin and Obi-Wan, but to me, it changes location just a little bit too much. It's a, It goes a little too far with the... When they're riding the droids, I'm great. about I'm about checked out right there. I'm like, okay, all right, guys. Like, And I understand, like, if because it is such a long lightsaber fight, rightfully so. The final, yeah. du- you know, that the duel between Anakin and, and Obi-Wan that, that ends it's des- up with... It's deservedly long. It is, and I understand but, when you do a fight scene that long to keep it fresh, you need to change location and scenery. They fucking surf lava in a collapsing yeah. building. like. Yeah, it just... It doesn't 100% work for me. Like, the change... Like, how they move through the scenery and change scenery in Phantom Menace works a lot better. And there's a lot of, you know, location change in that lightsaber fight. Uh, I, th- I feel like that works a little better. Um, actually, a lot better in some regards. <clears throat> and then, but for other badass lightsaber duels or lightsaber fights, like the throne room scene in The Last Jedi, you mm-hmm. don't need to change location. So, and uh, well, I mean, it's hard shit, to say. The one on Cloud City changes location, and it's mm-hmm. incredible as it mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. But those those scenes are really powerful. I don't know what it is about those set designs but those sets are so stark almost different from one another mm-hmm. and all that in, in all that contained in cloud city it's uh it's pretty powerful yeah so thanks for writing in Laura, and i will uh, be sure to check out your podcast yeah thank you you should have hit me up on twitter when uh when you follow me like hey i'm laura that writes into your show you should follow me back clearly i did follow you back but still um, all right. Well, I think that does it for us this week, guys. Trailer next week, I think. Hopefully, I get our ticket situation figured out. Ching. Uh, if you like our theme song, be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They are Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonecobra.bandcamp.com. Make sure to leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you haven't already. It really helps us out. And that about wraps it up. So this has been Blue Harvest. And we'll see you next week. I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Wynn. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.